0: Interrupted. The Mavericks took 45 threes, bro, and they hey. made 13 of them. Luca had three assists. Three assists. You know how many open looks he generates
1: on a nightly basis hey, to hey, finish hey. with three assists? I'm ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, one <my> lethal shooter <laughs> Shoot. in the game. 40s.
1: Hey, give me eight threes. I'm going to make four.
2: What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't miss NBA podcast, where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter, Was popping. Was crappy Was good.
0: What's going on, y'all? How's the weather in Miami, Ash?
2: Sensational, <laughs> as always.
0: No, the weather, weather out here isn't that, it's not that good today, you know what I'm saying?
2: You seem so sad about that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's looking like an early sunset.
2: Oh, so. that's sad. It's May 24th. Yeah. It should, should yeah, be I know. summer, you know? I but, know. But you know. We'll whenever you're happens. ready to make that transition down to the 305, you let me know, okay? I
0: will. I got you. I
2: well, got guys, you. look, I'm really excited. I know you're excited because we are getting closer and closer to the NBA finals. I'm also kind of sad because that means basketball is going to be ending kind of soon, and I don't want to yeah, just no. talk about that. I don't want to discuss that, but... I am excited to ask you guys something. The last 17 games, this is a real stat, by the way. The last 17 games have been decided by an average margin of 19.8 points. On top of that, there have only been a total of seven clutch time minutes during those games. So, what the hell is going on here? (laughs) What's happening? I wish
0: I could tell you. I have no (laughs) idea. We're seeing teams get blown out left and right. Like, that's one thing. Where the Nets at? You know, if, if the nets if the nets did anything well, it was a, lose I by a little not talk, bit. I know you're you. Know, the not nets would lose by team. a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, at least they would make the games interesting. These joints is blowouts left and right. Even the Knicks, as the Knicks would make these games interesting. They try to be in them. We know they would lose, but it'd be a five, six I mean, point. they It'd be a late game rally. They'd come back from being down twenty five and still lose. With, Oh no, this team maybe. It would definitely
2: be be fun to watch Tibbs play Julius Randle in the fourth quarter when they're getting blown out by 30. (laughs) That would be exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It would be the same old Tibbs. But Lethal, from a serious standpoint, I mean, the blowouts, it just is it part because some of these teams, I think, like the Celtics and Miami are so evenly matched that when one is playing better than the other it's just a lopsided scale and then you look at the western conference as great as the mavericks have been and great has as, as Luca has been specifically it's still a very lopsided series you know what i mean it, it's just they're not as deep as the warriors do you think it's just a case of bad matchups bad playing styles i mean what's going on here
1: just lack of concentration it's kind of unacceptable that <clears throat> even when a team loses They'll be up 25 in the first half, then lose the game by 15. It's just bad everything. Like, um, I remember we were arguing at one time about um, – I forgot which team we were arguing about. We were saying they were playing street ball. I think it was the Grizzlies. And the Celtics <laughs> yesterday. Um, the Celtics got up. But if y'all notice, they almost started – lacking um, mm-hmm. what took them to get the shots up. Like Tatum started taking bad shots. They start throwing bad turnovers. It's like, come on, y'all. They need to lock in. And that's why these scores have been like this because one team is coming to play, one team isn't. in the yeah. next game, one team coming, one team coming. It's like, can we both just e- evenly go at each other so it can be a good game?
0: You know yeah. what part of it is? You know, I think with the Mavs and Warriors series, I, yeah. I think I'll tip my cap to Ash. The, the Warriors are just on a different level in terms yeah. of talent and weapons. But with the with the Celtics and Heat Series, we're just seeing so many different players available on a right. night-to-night basis, right? Like one game Marcus Smart is playing, one game he's not. One game Tyler Hero's not playing. One game Kyle Lowry is, Jimmy is. It's There's just so many different variables. I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing these fluctuations right. in scores because we don't know who's going to play until tip-off.
2: Yeah, it's not a lot of continuity there, not a lot of ways to get adjusted to the same lineup because the lineup's always changing. But we're going to dive into both of those series. But first, we want to go ahead and, as always, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. So much. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. Mm -hmm. And we're on Instagram and Twitter interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show now all right guys so we touched upon the last remaining series very briefly but we gotta dive into it a lot more and of course look ahead to the finals and some of the other news circulating the NBA circuit and we're gonna do all of that in this edition of three on five so let's get into it all right y'all check ball it's time for us to go three on five All right. So topic number one, the best coast, the East Coast, the Eastern Conference, where after four games, the series is officially tied two games apiece. Boston and Miami continue to trade blowouts, making this series very hard to get a read on and sometimes even very hard to enjoy and watch. Christian, what has made the biggest impression on you after game four of this series and also looking ahead to game five?
0: I think, you know, kind of going into what we said to lead in this show, just this series is going to be dictated by who's available to play. If you're telling me there's no Tyler Hero for an extended period of time, if you're telling me, you know what I'm saying, maybe – Marcus Smart misses time. I think I think a lot of this series is going to come down to who's healthiest. You know, this is a great mm. showdown. We're seeing the two Eastern Conference juggernauts really outside of, of Milwaukee. We're seeing the two Eastern Conference juggernauts really go head to head. And it's a, it's a pretty even matchup. You got Jimmy Butler out there scoring yeah. 40. You got Tatum going crazy. Jalen Brown hitting contested threes. You got Kyle Lowry playing. You got a whole lot. You got Bam Adebayo trying to defend one through five, almost every possession, it seems like. Uh, I think at the end, it's going to come down to, you know, which team has all their horses in, in, in the stable in a way. Both
2: both teams, both the Celtics and the Heat, are top three in both offense and defense, respectfully. Crazy. So it's like you said, a very evenly matched series. But Lethal, I have a stat for you that you're not gonna be very happy about, all right? So brace yourself for this, yeah, okay? I know I know, I know you're not gonna like this. Miami starting lineup in game four. Combined for 18 points, shooting seven for 36, the 18 points were the fewest by a starting five in a playoff game since the NBA began distinguishing between starters and bench players back in the year 1970-1971. How do you feel about that?
1: It just shows you where the NBA is right now and everybody just, you know, run down the court, jump shot, run down the court, jump shot, run down the court, jump shot. And it's like, I love the art of shooting, but like, you know, you know, play some real basketball and the jump shot, it, it can kill you sometimes. And I was noticing that with the heat, the way they were playing, where they were coming off pick and rolls, they weren't putting pressure on the bigs. They was just trying mm-hmm. to sling jump shots, all due respect to Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo and all those guys, they're just they're just throwing up jump shots. And it's like put some pressure on the Celtics and go downhill and try to get to the basket and do different things. Play Heat basketball. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's just, yeah. you know, just relying on a jump shot. that You guys have never been that. And I feel like when you guys try to play that way, when I say you guys, I'm not try- trying to say that I'm not a Heat fan. I'm saying you, you guys like the Heat, but I'm saying, when when they tried to to buy into like just slanging up jump shots they don't play as tough either that i've noticed even bam like i know he has a a, a jump shot here and there but bam be settling sometimes and when mm-hmm. he does that it looks like they get deflated you know
0: you know i was i'm looking at the box score from the last game and right. um jimmy butler has zero free throws attempted it, and that goes to what you it's were talking settling about settling j- j- yeah. j- if I, Jimmy I'll is... let Jimmy
1: Butler, all due respect to him, because that's how a podcast is. I would let Jimmy Butler shoot. Let's say Jimmy Butler scored 45 on us, but he hit 10 threes. I don't care. I'll give that up because we're going to win. But if Jimmy Butler's getting to the basket and he's doing that float and he's doing the mid range jump shot, and th- then, and in that's a 40, they win.
0: The zero free throws is just unacceptable, right? Because, Ash, remember when we had that conversation about who do you want with the game on the line? You know, my, my caveat there is yeah, if. Jimmy's going to force his way to the line with five seconds left and hit two free throws to ice the game. If he's not being aggressive and getting to the the paint and, and creating for everybody else that way, I don't know how the Heat win this series.
2: I still think this series ultimately is going seven. It's been a lot of back and forth between the two teams. It seems like they can never have two consecutive nights where they're like... The team that won the night before also is a team that wins the next game. It just seems for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the back and forth. I don't know if it's the changing of the lineups, the availability of, you know, some players and then the unavailability of others. It just seems to constantly just be going switching on and off in terms of wins, which is why I'm leaning towards this series ultimately going seven. The thing that's going to be the difference maker is this is if Miami can go ahead and play the game that got them the number one seed. The What got them the number one seed wasn't this, you know, outstanding shooting performance, you know, from the mid-range and from the three-point line of all the guys on the court. What it was was smart basketball, smart shot selection, you know, driving it in the paint, making people foul you, and then on the defensive end, just not giving them any space to go ahead and take the shots that they want to and forcing that second and third option. You just see them get away from that in every single game that they've lost. I mean, especially in game four, that didn't look like anything that we saw from them throughout the entirety of the regular season. And if you're not gonna play the game that got you there, you're ultimately gonna find yourself in situations like this. Because all credit to the Celtics, they're just as good defensively and they're just as good as adjusting. So if you're not gonna go ahead and adjust to how they're adjusting to your adjustments or lack thereof, you're gonna find yourself in the exact same situation. I like to think also, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer, I know it's a cliche, but your role players Tend to play better at home. I think that's going to be the benefit to Miami. But as we've seen time and time again throughout the history of basketball, just because game seven is on your home court doesn't guarantee you that win. Anything can happen in a game seven. I think it's ultimately going to get there. I had Miami in seven, so I'm going to stick with that. But that is definitely prevalent on the fact of Miami playing the game that got them the number one seed in the first place.
1: Say, I think Boston is going to take the next game only because when I was watching the adjustments wow. that, uh, that they made against the heat last game, unless you guys, unfortunately, remember we do, you are saying, okay, they, they, they shouldn't, we shouldn't just rely on a Jimmy, but that's what they're giving up. The Celtics literally on the pick and roll. The big is so far back is forcing Victor. Like, even like last game, Victor LaDipo scored twenty plus, but you guys were down forty the whole game. Mm. So because what they were giving up was when Victor was coming off the pick and roll, the mistake they was making at first was the bigs were too far up, and then you you guys were just going around them. They were sagged all the way back, and they were allowing uh, they were jamming the other shooter. I forgot his name the the the, the light skinned guy that's been shooting very well for Max Miami. Bruce. Max Truce, yes, Bruce, yeah. they they they've been jamming him because all due respect to him, he he doesn't have moves. So, what they do is they jam him and then sag back off everybody else. And if you notice, too, what they're doing to P.J. Tucker, do you guys remember when P.J. Tucker used to be in the corner, teams used to just sit there and just let him shoot? Mm-hmm. He was knocking that down. So, what they're doing is soon as P.J. Uh, gets it, they run at him real crazy to just force him to put it down. And all due respect to P.J., if you guys remember this, he's he doesn't have a dribble pull-up mid-range jump shot. So, what happens is he has to drive all the way to the basket to try to make a floater or – uh, make a pass, and it's easy to read those two things. And if you notice what Marcus Smart and all of them been doing, they've been trying to take charges because PJ's been out of control. So they've been doing a good job of of adjusting to each player because nobody on their team respectfully has the three, the mid range, has the complete package right now. And we we yeah. love Jimmy, but we'll give Jimmy the the jump shot. Who's the player on the Heat that we can say has the full package? Max you know, and that's what be, I was.
2: Max is gonna be thrilled. You call them light skin.
1: That's that boy hours.
2: is That boy is white. That's, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean. He looks you gave, you gave him that light skinned pass. He's going to be oh so happy God. to hear that. <laughs> hey,
0: look, real quick, though, I, I think lethal to your point, that player has to be Bam out of bio, and we've seen him struggle this series. And we yeah. saw him struggle. Some points last series when Joel Embiid was on the floor. And in this series, he struggled when Robert Williams has played. So I, I don't know where he finds that added production on the offensive end. I yeah. don't know if that's just flow of the offense. They have to run some stuff for him. But yeah. that's what it's looking like. When Robert Williams is in there patrolling that paint, Bam is not playing well. <sighs> no. and the same happened last series with, with, with Joel. So it's like, hey, if your number two isn't producing against other teams who have good centers, where, what do you do from there? Ash, what have you seen from Bam?
2: I think, you know, and, you know, I say this as someone who knows Bam really well. I think he's his toughest critic. He's his Mm. biggest critic, rather. Mm. And I think that. He wants nothing more than to not only to be the best person he can be, but to bring multiple championships to the city of Miami. Mm. I think it's still the growing pains of trying to figure out how you know you can do that. And you've seen spurts of who he is as a player and who he can be. And I truly believe that at his foundation, that's the type of player that he is. I don't think mm. you just get performances like that if that's not already in you. Yeah. I think that the, the offense gets a little murky when now Jimmy's on the floor Or now when Kyle's either out of the offense or in the offense and it's Tyler, I think Mm -hmm. that it's about Spo, you know, consistently creating schemes in the offense that highlight Bam's, you know, strengths. Because he's not going to be someone who's going to pull up from 30 feet. He's not going to be someone who most of the time is going to shoot from the mid-range, although that is an aspect of his game that he's constantly working on. He is someone who flourishes in the paint. And, yeah. using, and using his dominance to go ahead and get points on the board and getting to the line. And it's about consistently putting him in the opportunity to do so yeah. in addition to getting the other guys on the court involved. So, yes, part of it, it's on him to develop different bags in his game, much like we talk about with like a John Morant. John yeah. Morant can hit from mid-range. He can hit from 30 feet out, but it's not consistently part of his bag bam's the same thing he has to consistently make the mid-range part of his bag but also this teams has to be conducive to where he is currently as a player so yeah. you know if anyone can get it done at spolstra but before we move on to topic number two game five predictions i got miami winning at home christian Man. what do you have
0: um well the heat have only won three of the 16 quarters played i don't think that bodes well in their favor so i'm going boston and six winning the next two
2: I got, oh wow!
1: I got, okay. I, got, I, got, I, got, I think I mean you know we could be wrong, but I think Boston got them figured out. Because when I was watching the game, taking notes for Grant, I was noticing a lot of things, and the and the Heat did not adjust. So. Mm. We'll see, unless we they magically just start knocking down jump shots next game. They, where, where's guys, Pat Riley at? Listen,
2: Pat Riley got
0: to come down from that from that
2: big chair and come back to the sideline. There's only one person on the panel whose predictions have hit every oh, single time. My gosh. So Miami,
0: every listen, single time. Hold on, my, where the Knicks my, drafting again? My, my
2: record. <laughs> where the Knicks drafting? Doesn't oh, count. Right. The Knicks are cursed. That's not really the same thing. So Miami, my record is in your hands. But we're gonna go ahead and move on to another team that had a really good record in the regular season the golden state warriors because in the western conference finals they now lead the series three and zero after sunday night's game game four will be on tonight shortly after we finish recording this episode and the warriors are looking to sweep and rest up for the nba finals lethal is there anything anything the Mavs can do starting tonight to turn this series around and maybe even find a way to make some history because no team has ever come back from three and out.
1: well the way the Golden State's playing right now I think absolutely none no only because Andrew Wiggins Andrew Wiggins is playing he's an all-star of course but I'm saying he's literally playing over tier like he's like playing superstar back this is the andrew wiggins that everybody knew who he was when he was coming out of canada nba all-star andrew wiggins christian right people people when he was when he got that dunk people like, oh and it's like bro he's been doing that since high school like this is what he does but he might only do it once every 38 games or once every season but if he gives us this andrew wiggins shoot they're gonna beat them again like like it's nothing because all due respect to the Mavs they can't guard their yard against the Warriors they do not want to move on defense they don't do Mm -hmm. a good job of help side defense Luka's one of the best scorers of all times but I'm telling you when he gets when he gets tired sometimes and it's not his fault he has to do everything rebound drive they had coach 40 points listen I'm gonna
2: give you a stat Luka with his eighth eighth count them eight 40-point playoff game, already has more 40-point playoff games than Larry Bird, T-Mac, Giannis, and Kawhi. That's just naming a few of them. The list is longer than that. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. And, you know, listen, I'll say this. The Mavs kind of did this to Luca because how many times have we had this conversation throughout the course of the season and even before we started this podcast Luca that the help. Mavs had to build around yes. Luca yes. that they had to help Luca so that dropping forty points a game wasn't nothing. in vain. Right, and every single time he has these incredible performances, they unless lose. it's a total collapse of right. the other opponent. He is walking away with another historic game under his belt, but Uh nothing to show for in terms of the win-loss column. Uh And there's no reason... That your superstar should be out there dropping forty plus points a game and you still are losing. By he, does 15, en- he does not have he does not have enough help. It just and that's no knock to Jalen Brunson. That's no knock to Dinwiddie. That's no knock to the other guys that are on the court with him. But he needs a one B player and none of those guys are one B. And the Mavs have d- dragged their feet for seasons trying to cut around the corner of the fact that he does not have a 1B and hoping that he'd be able to overcome it. And now you're seeing it's not going to work. The West, the NBA as a whole, are only getting better. The East is only getting better. And if you're not competing with your roster, you're going to find yourself in the same situation and you're going to exhaust Luca's prime years. Yeah,
0: there's a couple things here. Number one, Andrew Wiggins... You got it, right? right. It, the, 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 <laughs> what he's been able to do in these playoffs. Number one, Minnesota should be sick that they're seeing this version of Andrew Wiggins play and they couldn't bring the best out of him. Number two, I never thought I'd hear these words I think the Mavericks are missing Tim Hardaway Jr. right now. We're talking about having an additional scoring threat out there. I know, you know, say what you want about Tim Hardaway. He can go out there and spray some threes, create a shot. That's what they're lacking right now, especially another guy with some size. And number three, I think we're seeing how hard it is to build a team. I think the Mavericks felt confident when they traded for Porzingis in the first place that him and Luka were going to be that match made in heaven. Yeah. Come to find out, he's not that guy. Traded uh-huh. him. The Knicks
2: did tell him, but they didn't yeah. want to listen to they him. They didn't so. want to listen.
0: And then you end up with Spencer Dinwiddie and role players, which Spencer... In with he's great, he's not that guy that we spoke about. This is going to be a very important offseason for the Mavericks. I'm they're about to get swept, y'all. This is bad. I, I don't, I, Man, they could I come out so and win too. game four. I think mentally, you know, how we'll say mentally we're in Cabo or mentally I'm yeah. on vacation mentally the Mavs are in Bora Bora right now. It's over yeah. for them. That's it,
2: which is which is definitely unfortunate. I mean, if you look for Luca, Brunson, and Dinwiddie accounted for 86 of 100 points for the Mavs in their last game. So it's not like they're not fighting. It's just not enough manpower. It's kind of like, you know, Star Trek where he says, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. She can't take anymore. Like, it's <laughs> it's kind of like that. There's only so much you can do. And I spoke about this when we previewed this series I said it's going to be extremely hard to go against a team as deep as the Warriors, not only from their starters, but from their bench, and basically have half a team speaking about Dallas and competing with that because the Warriors can hit you from so many different angles and you just don't have enough manpower. I hope that Mark Cuban is sitting on those sidelines disgusted at not only himself, but his front office for not doing what they should have done seasons ago because we could possibly be looking at a very different series. And if they go into next season and there's no drastic change. And when I say drastic, I mean, if Luka does not have a 1B player by his it's side come October, yeah. it's hard to feel sorry for the Dallas Mavericks. It really is.
0: I think that one saving grace is this. Reggie Bullock shot 0 of 7 from 3. Yeah, Pretty yeah. much wide open looks, right, through. I mean, he had clean looks and was missing a lot yeah. of them. Maxi Kleber, 0 for 5. You know what I'm saying? Davis Bertans, 0 for 2. Frank Nilakina, who I always get reminded is still on an NBA team because I see him playing and missing open threes. He was... Was 0 for 1, right? So these are all open 1. looks that like they're missing. You're gonna uh, hope that on their own home floor, we talk about role players playing better at home. That clearly wasn't the case in game three. Hopefully, it's the case in game four. But to be honest,
2: I'm just curious like, do the Dallas Mavericks and the Knicks have an agreement where like they take all of the players? We I don't think want? so. I'm just dry, I'm very confused <laughs> because it's just like, do you guys not watch our? demise with certain people and think oh it's just the Knicks they just couldn't manage them but they'll be better in Dallas like Did you not see the saga with Frank in New York? Like, did you think that was just a New York Knicks thing? Did you not see Porzingis like, not work out of New York? Did you just think that was a Knicks thing? Like, are you not watching us in real time? I'm very confused. And Reggie Bullock, absolutely love him. But he's always been someone who is super reliable on defense. But when it comes to offense, he's very streaky. He reminds Mm. me a lot of J.R. Smith. Like, when he's Mm. on, he's on. But when he's off, it's like... It's just and you yeah, see City. how
1: they speeding him up. So what's happening right. with him? They're they're speeding up his shot because it's it's you know he's a great like she said he's an awesome defender. Yeah. But it's a few changes with the Jimmy to be a little bit more smoother. It's a, a few hiccups in between in his and his release point, and that's why they're speeding it up because when you speed it up, it's it's a small hiccup that makes him miss. And and nine times out of ten, where's the shot coming from? the wing or the corner. He's not putting the ball down and pulling up, and that's another liability as well. How many times have you seen Reggie Bullock get the ball, make a move, and then pull up in the mid-range jump shot?
0: The Mavericks took 45 threes, bro, and they made Damn. 13 of them. Luca had three assists. That's
1: three assists. You
0: know how many open looks he generates on a nightly basis hey, to hey, finish hey. with three assists? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One lethal shooter in the Dude. game. 40s, hey, knocks out some threes. threes. I'm going to make four. I, sure I like ain't going to give it. y'all
1: no good defense, but they ain't getting good defense anyway. <laughs> Before
2: we move on to topic number three, we're going to make some predictions. Like I said, the game will be played. The Warriors and Mavs game will go ahead and be played tonight, so we won't be able to address it, but we can still go ahead and give our picks. I right. think that the Mavericks extend this to five games, and I think ultimately it's Warriors and five. That's my pick. What do you got, Christian?
0: Uh you know, we saw the Mavericks come back from being down 0-2 in Phoenix, so I'd mm-hmm. like to believe that they can win a game, but I think they understand how daunting of a task 3-0 is, and I think mentally they're checked out. I, I think it's over. I think I think it's early quick. I think it's a 20-point celebration in the Dang first wow. 20
1: for the Warriors, I- 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 yeah. I'll say I'll say the Warriors beat them by by, by 12. Mm. That's that's 20. nice of you, Lethal. But I'm saying 20 on the last game. They about to give me <laughs> no. It all, it's Chris. gonna it's gonna at, be up. They gonna be up 20 in the first no quarter. <laughs> they gonna be up 20 in the first quarter, bro. Oh, in the
0: first God. quarter, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they. I told you they they were on the sand in the beach right now. Bro, with blue if they water. go if
1: they go up 20 in the first quarter tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Dinner on me when I see it. I love to see it. But but if you they don't, dinner it. on you. Alright bet I'll take All that right, bet 20 points
0: in the first quarter up 20 in the first quarter Watch Alright give me a little insane. Give me a little cushion 18 no. 18 points in the first hey, quarter I'll take 18 I'll Okay 18-20 18-20 yeah. <laughs> That's the same yeah, thing yeah. Okay. Nah I like that 6 18, 18. 18. 18. Cool. Yeah exactly I did All that 18 in the first quarter
2: As we wait on the results of that bet, we're going to move on to topic (laughs) number three. And look, nothing is set in stone yet, but even the most cynical and radical NBA fan would admit that it seems like the Warriors are going to be heading back to the NBA Finals once again. Now, if the Warriors were to advance and win the NBA Finals, that would make four championships in eight years with six NBA Finals appearances. Lethal. If the Warriors are able to do this, where does that put them among the list of NBA's, of the NBA's greatest dynasties? I'm going to give you some other names to, to add into that equation. You got mm. the 80s, Los Angeles Lakers. You got the Chicago Bulls who did six championships in eight years. You Crazy. have the 2000s. San Antonio Spurs, you got the big three Heatles, the Miami Heat from 2010-2014. Are, are they now going to be in the midst of that greatness when you talk about the Golden State Warriors?
1: Mm, I, I think so. But does the Kevin Durant one, does that count? Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, if that, if, that, if that does count, I, I think so. Because what they're doing isn't easy, especially this year. No, None of us, I don't know about you guys, I don't want to speak for you guys, but... We, none of us thought they were going to be doing what they're doing right now. I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. said
2: the Warriors were the team to beat in the West. The tweet is up there. I had them going to the finals. I had oh Heat Warriors is in the finals.
0: Is that your pin tweet? Is that okay. tweet okay. into your
1: profile? It's in, I
2: can definitely find it for you, but Don't I had
1: worry Heat about Warriors well, in the well, in finals. Well, you thought they were. We didn't. And the one thing I can <laughs> say, the way they look right now, it's just, it's just remarkable. And it's scary because Equal is not even out there playing defense. Mm.
0: This is what I'll say. Teams like the Warriors and the Heat, I'm not surprised that they're back on this stage because that their organizations, you know, they set that standard for they're not tolerating any real bullshit, right? They want to win and that's what the like take for example Yeah, but
2: Christian, you have to you have to be I mean, I can't say that people a hundred without a shadow of a doubt expect. I mean, look what they've dealt with. They've dealt with multiple Klay Thompson injuries. They've dealt with Draymond injuries. They still they dealt with Steph Curry injuries. And this they're an still aging, here, right? But this is an aging basketball team that has dealt with a lot of adversity since 2019. Yeah, and has now come full circle and is now back on top. I mean, I wouldn't you know, be shocked if there were a lot of people who did not think the Warriors would ever see another championship with this current construction of their quote-unquote Big Three. I, I yeah.
0: think if you had a different organization with a different culture, maybe not, right? We're seeing that play out, in my opinion, in Brooklyn where you've got the stars, but you can't, Put anything together because why? There's just a, a difference of opinion on how things should operate. It appears, mm. right? When you're talking about Miami, there's no difference in opinion. You see it with how Jimmy, but how you saw how Jimmy Butler tried to curse out Udonis Haslam and Eric and Eric mm. Spolster, and then mm. at the end of the day, that's water under the bridge. What's the goal? Get get right. this win, right? Mm. That I I just I love to see organizations with stability over time. San Antonio, another place, even though they're not in the playoffs right now, we know at some point they're coming back, and that could be in two years from now. Why? Because that's what that organization stands for i think that's just what we see for from franchises like golden state and like Absolutely. miami and even like boston right boston's been knocking on the door for a while now they these teams didn't try to shortcut like Altered. you would say they didn't try to shortcut the process they they yeah. went all in in their in their culture and here they are now
2: do they sell that championship culture dna because i like to buy a whole shit where's
1: amazon at
2: like, like how much <laughs> does it cost to bottle that up and, and like, just inject it into the veins of the Knicks players? That's mm. why it's
1: important, like you guys said. Like, if you think about all those, te- all those teams, they have good vets. They have mm-hmm. good people um, te- teaching those guys. Good uh, front good, offices. What, good front offices telling these guys what it takes to do everything in their way to win a championship. And most importantly, these guys are sacrificing. If you watch mm-hmm. these right. games – people diving on the ground, people doing different things. It's not about them, it's about the team. And a lot of these superstar teams that we put together that we love, that goes viral for the media companies. Like, oh, you know, Chris and Lithu are l- uh, linking up to play in, in, in Cancun, but that that, that don't mean <laughs> me and him gonna have a good connection. Right. So, you know, it looks good to go viral at the moment, but that's what's happening. And, and I think you guys said this before, like th- that, that big, name era just because we ride side. in
2: the banana boat Egg. together don't mean we getting jump shots
1: it's <laughs> true though
2: as as lethal was alluding to that era of these super teams yeah it's dead. Is starting to dwindle because yeah. people want to these players want to win on their own accord right and they don't want to just team up with what seems like the easy road to a championship because as we've seen you can't buy chemistry It's either there or it's not there. And much like we've seen in Brooklyn, much like we've seen in Philly, much like we've seen with the Lakers, you can put a team of a bunch of Hall of Famers and All-Stars together and it's going to look sensational on paper. But when it comes down to the logistics and the chemistry of the game, you can't force it. And it's just not there and it's not going to result in the results that you think it's, you're, you're going to get. It's just nine times out of ten, it's just not going to work in the modern NBA, at least at this current moment in time.
0: Agreed. 100% agreed.
2: Actually. Last note on this, I when I interviewed Draymond, one of my questions for him was, hey, like, if you win this championship with the Golden State Warriors this year, Is it the most meaningful championship that you have won with this organization? And he said, absolutely, yeah, because of everything it has taken for us to get back to this point, and for all the people who said our championship window was closed, and that Clay wasn't going to come back the same, and Steph wasn't the same, and I wasn't the same, and you know, Wiggins is not who we think he is, or he what we thought he were. Christian, he was talking to you. Um, He (laughs) he said this would be the most meaningful chip for them as a unit. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see if that's the story that we're going to hear double back to you know when it's all said and done it, it's going to be interesting for sure
0: the Warriors are only a couple years away from having D'Angelo Russell on that roster. Remember when when that happened when they traded KD for, D- <laughs> for D'Angelo crazy. Russell? It was like at that when that happened, it was like, alright, Warriors definitely ain't winning the championship this year, <laughs> right?" And then the next year they 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 trade him for Andrew Wiggins, and even last year it just didn't they they got bumped, right? So it, it's good to see them having gone through the different stages, but still also have that core. And I mean, roster building one on one, franchise organization one on one, like that's the standard. The the Heat and the and the Warriors, in my opinion. You could throw the Spurs in there, too, just like the gold standards for how you should operate an NBA franchise.
2: We're going to go ahead and move on to topic number four and sticking with the assumption that the Warriors are punching their ticket to the next round, the NBA Finals, that is. Lethal, if you are Steve Kerr and you're mm. looking at a series from either of the remaining teams in the East, would you rather face the Boston Celtics or the Miami Heat?
1: mm I say the Miami Heat, just only mm-hmm. because what they shown, they, they they just can't shoot as consistent as the Celtics have been showing. And um I, I would rather have the Heat.
0: Yeah, no, I agree Shady. there too. I agree yeah. there too. Just because I mean <laughs> the way Tatum's playing. I like right. if, if if you get if you get Warriors Celtics, you got Marcus Smart, you got Jalen Brown. Dogs, they come Jason they coming for Steph. <laughs> you got Al Horford who's playing basically like Dre Al Horford is catching rebounds and running up the floor like Jones. <gasps> He's out here making plays that make him look ridiculous. You still got Robert Williams. Peyton Pritchard shooting threes from 30 feet out, not batting an eye. I'm like, bro, nah, the Celtics are here. The Heat... I feel like it's just so many different variables, right? Is Tyler Hero going to be okay? Where, what's the deal with Kyle Lowry? It's it's always something with them, right? So I, I think that uh, – and then on top of that, just even if they are fully healthy, uh, I think the, the Warriors would be confident in that series versus Boston. Tatum could go for 50, you know what I'm saying? And then everybody else could still pitch in. So it, it's tough. I, I think the answer is uh, Miami. I think the Heat would – I mean, the, the, Sel- the Celtics. The Warriors would want to play the Heat much more than they'd want to play the Celtics. That's just me, though.
2: I obviously um, have the Boston Celtics because I <laughs> refuse to disrespect the Miami Heat, and I hate Boston, so there's that. Yes, Astrodamas
0: <laughs> reign coming to an end. Love to see it.
2: <laughs> Nobody likes to a hater, it. Christian. I'm not a hater we are going to round out this edition of three on five with topic number five and Uh in topic number five is a name that we just cannot seem to shake in the nba circuit even when he's not playing and that's kyrie irving Because he continues to make headlines as he made an appearance on the I Am Athlete podcast. I actually just interviewed Brandon Marshall for my show, Laces Out. So you guys can check that out today. Okay, plug. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. (laughs) So let me know what you guys think of that. But during the taping, he hit on a few topics ranging from how Kobe Bryant changed his life to how he feels about his time playing with LeBron James. But the interesting thing was not much was said about his future with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh-huh. Christian, let us inside the clays, as y'all call it, whatever. What is the latest on Kyrie's contract and the organization's belief in him as a future of the Brooklyn Nets?
0: Well, I'm, I'm hearing um, that the Nets want Kyrie to essentially prove it as in prove that you deserve a long term deal by playing for one year and being available. And for a player, number one, with Kyrie's injury history, and number two, of Kyrie's stature, I mean, we're talking about one of the most skilled players in NBA history, if not the most skilled, depending on where you stand, that's unacceptable, right? What if Kyrie goes out there and he's playing 33 straight games in game number 34, he tears his Achilles or something crazy like that, knock on wood, we don't want that to happen, but like, that's a real thing that could happen for him, and then boom, now the Nets definitely ain't gonna pay him, because he got hurt, and now the rest of your career is in jeopardy, so... It's a, it's a, it's there's still some moving parts going on, but you know the interesting part here is the Nets and Sean Marks and what he said to the media and said in public. The Nets seem to believe that they have leverage in this situation, and to to a certain extent they do. But there's a real threat here of Kyrie just saying, "Hey, forget this. I'm gonna leave in free agency. Go sign with the Spurs." play for the Spurs for three months and then get traded to somewhere else, right? Versus doing the sign and trade with Brooklyn. If that happens, if Kyrie leaves in free agency and doesn't re-sign with the Nets, the Nets don't have cap space to re-sign him. So now you're talking about Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, who we haven't seen in a year, who's just coming off back surgery, and role players. Talking about Kevin Durant, a a certain percentage of Ben Simmons that's not 100%, and role players. I don't know how far you think that team is going to go, but that's a first-round exit at best. And we're talking about, it that's what I'm saying, if we make it there. And then we're yeah. also talking about this being year 16 for Kevin Durant, who wants to win a championship. Are you going to waste year 16 playing with a team that you know isn't going that far? I don't know. So, you know, I've written this before for the New York Daily News, and I, I I remain on this stance. The Nets really don't have much of a choice here but to sign Kyrie Irving to a long-ish term deal. I'm thinking three years with a player option, on with a team option on the fourth, if they really feel in the way. Anything shorter than that, then... I don't know. I don't know where the Nets him. go from here. Yeah, right. it's tough. They're in a tough yeah,
1: spot. they go. here go one hundred twenty, man. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, that's Damn what they need to do. The number's really one eighty five. Four years, one eighty five is the. Is the is oh no, nah. Deal. nah yeah. I don't know now. Three. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, I, I might be <laughs> on that. You got. You got to do a tryout now. Like they that's said. Too give much. You think so? You got to do
0: a tryout. <laughs> give me wow. one year,
1: man. We don't Jeez. know. It's like, nah. That's Kyrie. We got to give him the one eighty.
0: Ash, if you're in the Nets front office right now, what are you thinking? Do you do you make a Longer than one year commitment to Kyrie yeah, or what are you going to get that
1: man at one eighty? No, I,
2: I mean, I think, you know, it's that tale old saying when some Dr. Maya Angelou said it and when someone shows you who they are, you have to believe them. And listen, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kyrie Irving as the basketball player. And I think he is very misunderstood in who he is as a person, but that doesn't take away from what you have showcased. You can bring to an organization as a, You know in terms of a commitment and a reliable commitment whether that's from a teammate standpoint whether that's from an investment standpoint and Kyrie has shown that it will always be Kyrie first before it is anything else. And if you worked as, you know, if you worked for a one-man basketball team, that's great. But when you're on a team with a bunch of other men who have a goal, and that goal is to not only provide for their families, but to win and to win championships. And ultimately, that's what the job of a front office is, is to put together a team that can win a championship. You were brought there, and you've recruited other people to join you in promise of that championship and you haven't delivered your end of the bargain. So I don't see how you could be offended by not having that reassurance from you know, the organization when you haven't given that to them. But unfortunately Kyrie is, it seems, and has come across as the type of person who will find a way to point the finger instead of looking in the mirror and saying, part of the reason that nobody believes in me is because I haven't given them a reason to do so. And until you can have that honest conversation with yourself and then change the things that need to be changed so that you don't have that reputation and you don't have that negative connotation attached to your name, you'll always be in this perpetual cycle of the same thing. I don't think there's anybody, I don't think it's just a Brooklyn Nets team, a a Brooklyn Nets thing. I don't think any team in the NBA would give him a long-term contract because of what he has shown, not just in Brooklyn, but in Cleveland, in Boston. I mean, it can't be everybody but Kyrie, Kyrie. There has to be a point where you say, okay, well, what's my part in all of this? It's not a one-off situation. This is now the third team where there's some sort of issue with the organization and your part or lack thereof in it you have to take responsibility until he does that it's it's never going to be any different for him and it's unfortunate because he's yeah. so damn talented so yeah, like, damn talented and the good
1: thing about all of this and i could be wrong I'm not saying COVID's over but like that that type of situation is gone so i think he needs to just like what you're saying and i could be wrong you know but like let's just go back to the playing basketball don't don't be on certain things just talk about what happened in the past let's continue to move forward and i think if i was a part of the organization i would be one of the people who want to meet with him and say hey we understand what happened in the past it is what it is let's move forward what what can we do to move forward and to to like you're saying not have those type of distractions because i felt like if those distractions weren't there as bad as the nets were i think if the distraction wasn't there they still would have had a great chance in the east
0: yeah. No, 100%. That's what I was just yeah. like all roads unfortunately go back to Kyrie. If Kyrie says I'm going to get vaccinated, I don't want to, but I know if I do, I know my teammates need me. Number right. one, I think James there's a chance James Harden doesn't ask for a trade. Uh, Cuz a, a large Because a large Portion of his decision to get traded, in my understanding, was having to shoulder so much of a load with Kyrie being out and then being in and out, right? And then so that happens first. He doesn't get traded, right? Then number two, you don't have this situation here, right, where this team isn't unwilling to give you a contract, right? Because okay, well he he made the sacrifice. We're gonna sign him long term. Number three, if Kyrie gets vaccinated, the Nets maybe are still in the playoffs right now. Right. That series, their seating is completely different. If you're telling me Kyrie is full time, where they end up, who they play in the first round. Maybe they make it to the second round. Maybe they see Boston in the second round. Maybe they still have Jay. There's so many different what ifs. And the biggest one is what if Kyrie Irving got vaccinated? If he got vaccinated, Nets wouldn't be in this po- He wouldn't be in this position right now. And uh, now the Nets have a decision to make. And it's tough because they don't really have it. They're, they're trying to make it seem like they have more options than they really do. And in reality, if Kyrie walks as a free agent, that's game over. That's it. That's goodbye championship dreams. So. All right, that does it for three on five. Let's hit up the certified hotline and bring in barber and social media influencer Vic Blends. Vic, what's going on, man? How you doing today? was good, y'all? How y'all feeling I'm blessed, man. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that, man. Listen, first and foremost, thank you for stopping by the podcast. We got to come in hot with the first one, man. We need your top five NBA hairlines. Come on. I know you you thought about it. it No warm up, no warm up, no nothing. Nah, Top five
3: NBA hairlines coming in with number one. Jason Tatum for sure. Tatum Got one of the cleanest cuts. Yeah. PG probably got one of the cleanest hairlines. Yeah. (laughs) mm -hmm. PG for sure.
1: You can do somebody retired too. So if you want to pick like Joe Johnson or something back in the day. I've
3: actually actually cut Joe Johnson. So I know know I'm blind certified. I've blessed Joe Johnson before. So I I know this cut certified. You say he blessed him. Yeah. (laughs) I blessed him. I know it's straight. Uh, Van Fleet be having a fresh cut too. Facts. Yeah. Van be having a fresh cut too. Jalen Rose is in the list for sure. Ah, uh, yeah, Jalen Rose is like an honorary mention though. Like, Jalen they get the honorary <laughs> mention. <out. laughs> you no, know, like he, he might not get a spot. Um, <laughs> man, it's hard to say. Yeah, you gave us a good top three. What, good. what
0: separates a good hairline from a great hairline? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the what's the difference? Uh
3: it just depends how the cut look in like two weeks.
1: Mm, Ooh. Two yeah, it weeks. How it looks in two Golly. Weeks. I need you as a barber. Your so class. on a scale of
2: 1 through 10, 10 being the best hairline, how would you rate Christian's hairline at this point?
1: Wow. Moment <laughs> listen, you feel me? You know, let
2: me pick my hair out
1: a little Yeah, you could be honest, Vic. Don't be hold honest. back. On your
2: head.
1: Don't hold back, Vic. You ain't know the vibes.
2: Are you two Mom, weeks man. out from a cut, Christian?
0: Or nah, was... I got a cut, like, maybe five days ago. I oh, to cut so, so this hairline, the
2: hairline is a no-no. Well, listen, I ain't
0: Vic Blends ain't cut my hair. I, my barber named Weezy. I don't... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why did you just diss your barber on
0: this I national like the platform?
3: Weezy, man, for sure. Now you got
0: to show your barber some love, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Nah, Weezy held it down, but you about to violate my airline, so I got to brace myself. All right. Put, put, the, the, put the, natural, the pick man. away. You got the natural going. <laughs> oh Yeah.
2: I guess, the, I guess my biggest question is, how did you get into this industry in the first place? Like, is it yeah. something that you kind of like grew up always doing? Like whether it was in your neighborhood, I know you're from North Carolina, shout out to yeah. NC, shout home out. of one of my favorite rappers, shout out to the Fayette not God himself, Jay Cole. Mm-hmm. So is it something that you kind of just got into like back in your hood? Or is it something you found a love for and a passion for like somewhere throughout life?
3: Yeah, shout out my brother Cole for sure, but you know, I'm. We're from. i from Fayetteville, North Carolina. so I'm from the same hometown. Hey, same- okay. that's what's up? Hey, I'm from the Ville. So you know, very small city. Not too much going on. But grew up in the barbershop environment. Just like you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of us um, on this call probably you know could relate to growing up in that barbershop was. That was a place where we, where we went to to learn. Where we went to learn how to how to be men in our communities, how to take care of each other, how to grow. So, you know, I remember going to the barbershop every Sunday with my two best friends. We would walk to the barbershop every Sunday to get our cuts. And I just remember, you know, spending like eight hours of my day at the shop, like as a kid, not needing a haircut, maybe needing a haircut, but going to stand in line and they getting nervous because there wasn't no appointment. So it'd be like an OG yeah, that, yeah. that's telling me he next. And really, I'm next. I've been there for like, I've been there since the morning, but he say he next. So I'm like, man, you got it, bro. Somebody like sitting there all day getting <laughs> skipped um but you know we spent our days you know going to the barber shop on the weekends man and you just you know it's a place that you grew up and you see culture start at so um that was the inspiration for me just first taking my first step I remember asking my barber what should I do to make money in college I was planning to go to college as soon as I was coming in my senior year uh only because that's what I thought I had to do you know that's what my parents wanted me to do that's what school wanted us to do so I think the only way for me to make it is either yo I'm a either a gifted you know athlete and i'm going to college on a scholarship or you know i'm I'm, I'm applying for it or, or i'm going to the military so you
1: know mm-hmm. there's not
3: really any other pathway outside of the bill so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how i'm gonna make money if i go or or when i go and i remember asking my barber and i'm thinking you know i thinking at first that he's going to tell me to you know maybe do some do some homework in in, in the dorms or maybe cook or something but he just planted this seed with me. He said, if I learn how to cut hair, I make money for the rest of my life. And the the hustling me at that time was like, man, rest of my life and money in the same sentence, like, I got to see what that's talking about. So I started picking it up to be a side hustle, to do in the college dorms. And eventually I grew a passion for it, but not so much a passion for cutting hair. I could care less, honestly, about actually cutting hair, but a passion for the people that was in my chair and what it meant to really be a pillar in your own community. You know the guys that I, that we grew up with in the barbershop. I seen them as heroes. Mm. I seen them as leaders. You know they 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 held the community together, and that was something that I was always inspired by. So that's why I caught my first love at. And by the time I was about to graduate high school, I just knew that you know God was telling me that if I didn't take this serious, that I would lose out on something big in my life. And mm. I I got that call from 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 my man up top. I just knew I had to do it. You know, it was against my decision or anybody's decision. Like. God gave me this sign. I got to take it. So I decided to go to barber school instead of college. And, you know, wow. we like yeah, we we're a couple years after that. But, you know, that was the start of it for sure.
2: Well, this platform, you know, has a has a show kind of modeled after that barber shop feels called The Shop. So I want to ask you what is the most valuable lesson or piece of advice that you got in the barber shop whether it was when you were a barber or just sitting there as a young kid and listening to the old heads talk that has really stuck with you throughout your entire life.
3: I mean the the biggest lesson that I've learned from being a barber is just it's just the lesson to listen. Just to be able to listen was the most important thing I learned. It's not one piece of advice that I've heard that was like, man, when I heard that everything was different but just the lesson itself to be a listener you know so a, a wise man told me that guy gave us two ears and, and one mouth you know we got mm-hmm. we got to talk less and listen more so when i heard that you know i just paid attention to what people were saying the shop i paid attention to what you know my clients might have to say to me i would pay attention to energy in the room how everybody's feeling it. and that helped me be more aware of people their emotions what they're going through and, and just how to really navigate a room so being a listener has been the biggest blessing that I've had from this craft, honestly, and even just growing up in a barbershop. You know, I try not to be the dude that initiates every conversation, but a dude that can just sit back and and, and apply when needed. That's like good, that. It's like therapy.
1: Very oh, yeah. inspiring. Very inspiring. I, I just want to know, because uh, they had me look at your page a few days ago, and I, and I love the inspiration you're doing in the community. When did that start? Like, who's the first person that you saw? He's like, you know what? I'm going to give you a free haircut because you can't afford a cut or... Like, what made you start giving back to the community in that way to uh, impact people? Because, you know, a fresh haircut can lead to a difference in somebody's whole demeanor and their swag Mm -hmm. and and their energy. So, like, what, what made you start doing that?
3: Yeah, I mean, the first sign that I had to give back to my community started when I was three months into cutting hair. And the barbers that I grew up with in the shop, they would do a community event called Cut My City, where they would give back free cuts to kids going to school. You know, they couldn't afford one in our community. And... That was the first thing that they invited me to come. I was only three months in the cutting, I could barely do a fade, mm. and they were like, "Yo, we want you to come and cut because it's not about if you can cut or not. It's about providing something for somebody that might not have it, whether it's good or not. The fact that you put your heart out first and did so—that was the most important thing. They wanted me to learn that early on, so that was my first taste of what it felt to get back to community and you know, I found motivational speaking, you know, early, you know, when I was in like middle school running track, trying to get my mind right uh, for for track races and stuff. And I was always inspired by what somebody could do with just their voice. And for it just to be a raw voice, you know, like we were inspired by a lot of things. But for me, I think it was just hearing somebody say something that would like stick with you and and change the way that you would would think about things and see them. I, I saw power in that. And um, I've always wanted to do it and I tried to do it, you know, early on, but I, it, it really wasn't hitting and I didn't really have too much life experience at the time for it to, to be a thing. But after I came out to Atlanta, uh, everything changed for me really around the, the time of the pandemic mm-hmm. where, you know, we couldn't cut hair and, mm-hmm. and the job that I thought I, I was there to provide. And the thing that I'm here to do was taken away from me, uh, mm-hmm. without my choice. You know, my whole life up to that point was being this fire barber that's cutting all the rappers and athletes and NBA players. And, you know, I'm thinking that's the one thing I got to offer to the world. So now that they got stripped of me, I got to think, where am I? Uh, the quote that I heard that changed my life was, don't let what you're good at define who you are. Who are you if you can't do what you're good at? Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, damn, who is Victor Is if I can never cut hair again?
2: Yeah. Right? Right. Who is
3: Chris if you can never shoot the ball again? Right? like It's a It's a deep question that I had to ask myself sitting there in the pandemic. Like, damn, you know, God forbid, like, the one thing I think I'm good at, I can't do anymore. You know, I, I know there's got to be more I can offer to the world. So me giving a haircut wasn't, it wasn't that I like, you know, I seen somebody that's like, oh, man, he can't afford, I'm just going to, I don't, I don't record any cuts that I do for the homeless, anybody that I do a video for is um, a, a stranger that obviously gives consent. They agree, and it's mm-hmm. just to have an open conversation with somebody that we might walk past every day. Um, and it was for me to build a stage for myself to use my voice first over just the craft. Uh, and I think my whole life, you know, barber was just a, a vehicle for me to do so to be able to use my voice now. But um, it started with that idea, man, like how do I use my voice, but not deny the gift that God gave me to be a good barber. Right. Uh, so I had an idea, I'm like, man, I'm not, you know, it's cool to cut a celeb. it's cool to cut an athlete, but I wanna do something that somebody will remember me for and, and something that will really bring a change and an impact. So decided to cut a stranger. Um, and that was my, my stage, that I was my stage. Yeah,
0: you, you know, cool. Vic, there's a lot of quality barbers who don't end up cutting celebrities or influencers or athletes or anything like that. I'm like wondering- right yeah right like the, <laughs> blah, 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 blah.
1: you know i'm wondering where you are a celebrity chris by the Shout way sorry Th-
0: thank you lethal celebrity it's not quite the thing he's trying to drag me
2: <laughs> he's a hood celebrity it be your a...
0: own people it, it be your own people Vic, as i was saying you know where would where did that point come to come for you where it started being those types of people where that where that where the high profile people started seeking you out for haircuts was there one person who then became a domino effect for everybody else coming or how did that come about?
3: Yeah. I mean, man, I will say like the most important thing I do is, is definitely not, you know, working with celebs. I think like working with celebs or athletes is, it's a, it's a cool thing, man. But you know, my best friend is, is, is Dennis Smith Jr. He was the first person to give me an opportunity. Um, I was working in a restaurant uh, in, in the Ville. It was the week he got drafted a uh, number nine pick and I'm sitting there, and I, you know, when we grow up in the ville, everybody's talking about, you know, hoopers and are oh, we finna make it? Is this dude finna make it? Yeah, I'm finna to make yeah. it, and you know, I'm just kind of in my bubble, trying to figure out how to cut hair. I'm not really like thinking, um, you know, or, or into what's going on. Really, I'm just kind of like in my circle. But I hear people for the last like month saying, like, "Yo, this dude finna to get drafted. Uh, he from the ville," and I'm like, "Yeah, like I, I've been heard that my whole life, like for sure." But then I'm working as a server in a in a sports bar. I look up at the TV. They're like number nine pick Dennis McJoy, joint Favor of Carolina. I'm like, shit. Like they won't they, they won't lie Like <laughs> yeah. mm. so the next week, I'm sitting there with my food. Uh, I'm sitting at like the food, uh, where, where they hand you the food in the kitchen at the, at the at the at the counter. Uh, and I look at like the corner of my eye and I see like I see Dennis walk past, like he walk in the restaurant. And I, I turn the corner here in the bathroom, like, oh shit, like there he is. So at the time I was cutting a trainer of his named Rel, uh back in the day in my garage. So Ray was the one like telling me all the time like, "Yo, my boy finna get drafted, man. Like, you gotta yeah. watch, you gotta watch." I'm like, all right, bet I hear you." So he come in. I'm like, "Ah, oh, damn! Like that's dude right there. I gotta like, sure. I gotta, I gotta take my shot." So Facts. I, I kind of wait for him to come out of the bathroom, and I'm like, you know, hanging around not in a weird way, but I'm kind of in the area, uh, and I'm a server at the time. You know, I got my apron on. I got, I got all my stuff on. I'm, I don't look like a barber. I'm sitting there working, but he come out, and I kind of bump into him, and I, I knew from. Now I guess it was natural, but I knew it's like to network, I wanted to find like a point of contact that would make him feel comfortable with me. So I didn't address him as Dennis from June. I'm like, yo, you real boy. And like, yeah. you know, like I, I know, I know you I know your brother. Like I'll be chopping him up in the garage. I'm like, you know, first of all, congratulations on getting drafted. But y- you know, because I ain't got a lot of time, like I'm a barber growing, I would love to bless you, like I would love to bless you with a cut. Um and the first thing he ever said to me was, We from the same city. So if you help me, I'm gonna help you. Mm-hmm. The first thing he ever said to me, um and I've never been in contact with, you know, like success don't really come by the villa a lot. We do when, when people do become successful, I will say they become successful at a high level, but it's not frequent that we see people that that are at this at this level. So for me, for him to say that, I was like, damn, that's you know, that's your dog did not terrible. like
2: that statement uh, at all. Uh, my dog, he yeah, was dog not was rocking crazy. with that statement at all.
3: <laughs> so I'm reaching my wallet. I'm like, I bet give me my business card and it was the last i had one last business card in my wallet um i gave him, to him and he texted me as soon as he left but um dennis was the first one you know from being from the hometown and now being my brother like four or five years later i'm just hella grateful that you know shit, he was humble enough to see an opportunity and and and, and allow re- for me to really help him and him help me as well but he's opened tons of doors for me and it really wasn't a domino fair. i thought initially i ain't gonna like when i first cut him i'm like yo this this is it I'm out of here after this? <laughs> that's how it's gonna work. Yeah. I told my brother, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna move to Dallas, bro. Watch. Like, I'm to like that's what I thought in my mind, but it really doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. And um, I was it was definitely a humbling experience, but more than anything, he, he took me out of the veil and allowed me to see the world and see mm. success at a different level that I probably would have never seen if we haven't met. Uh, Good. so that yeah. was important, and now I do so. I I I do so now with any time that I have an opportunity with my friends from the city or my little brother or somebody, he's always reminded me now to bring them along on a whether it's a trip or yeah. you know, somewhere we go into or shoot just to show them, you know, what's right. possible. And, uh, yeah. He was able to do that for me shout
2: out to dennis smith former nick my squad all day every day you know new york Knicks forever and ever i have a two-part question this is it might go for all the men on this panel you know as you know i haven't spent much time in barber shops as you could imagine but I do know from guys that I've dated, boy cousins, brothers, things like that, there's that one guy in the barbershop who has the open chair, and every <laughs> single person can be booked up, cut in hair, and he'll be like, oh, no, I got you, and you will sit for hours to avoid going into that chair. Why can't you just give him a shot? Like, do you not trust that his skill set is there? Like, explain to me hell the ideology up. behind that. Hell I don't understand. <laughs> i need to understand the ideology
3: i mean getting a hair i think getting a haircut it's an intimate experience and more than just like getting your ever obviously nobody wants a bad cut but more than anything you grow a relationship with your guy, so it's just kind of this comfort thing this is place of vulnerability and it's not really easy to trust somebody with that so that's maybe how I feel about it. You know, or you just don't want your hairline messed up. But how do you
2: know he's <laughs> not good unless you try him? I mean, you're a barber. Listen, someone, once upon a time, you were the new barber, and someone had to try you to know that you were good. So it wasn't kind of like passing the torch. Lethal, don't look at me like that. No, on, out hold
0: on, hold on. Ash, I got an example for you. Imagine okay. there's two Mexican restaurants on the same block. One is packed, right. the other one is empty. Which one are you going to? I mean... You going to the one that got ain't got a soul in that in that restaurant? But I
2: also, that's like a bad example, because I like it trying different restaurants. That's yeah. a
0: great, so like, hey, listen, I know, I know I'm know. i going to the packed one, because I know that's where the people's at, that's where the good food is at, and that's where I, I'm going to. I will say to. this,
3: every, every time that I go to a to a new city, I travel with something, I always find a barber to pull up on me, and I try to find a barber that's in that garage uh, mm-hmm. still cutting, and I have them come cut me. Part of it is like, I know I could fix my cut if it really came down to the bad. Right. <laughs> and another is like, yeah, I give a shot to somebody because um, to me, hair grows back. I, I'm not, I never really been a stickler for my cut. I kind of grew out of that knowing that it's like, it's all right. You know, like we get bad haircuts. It's part of life. But um, I want to give opportunity to somebody young that, that's new, but like I can also fix my cut. So it's like, it's a biased uh, opinion on that. Yeah, see, mm.
2: Vic's better than both of you guys. See no, you guys Vic
3: wearing a cap.
1: With the you know I mean? boot. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. That. That.
3: Vic got a He got a damn go head on. He's copping out right it.
1: now. Okay. Okay. Right. So then, part <laughs> he, he two of He might be qu- bald. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I ain't bald. I can't get my head right
2: now. <laughs> okay, part two of my question is, what is the scientific
0: Uh-oh, reasoning
2: behind why when men get a fresh cut, the swag all of a sudden, oh, yeah. women are 10 times more attracted to you than we were like before the haircut. Oh,
1: yeah. You got to give us
2: that, guys, there have been guys, I remember going back to high school, who were not that good looking before they got their haircut. They come into school after Fresh Cut Fridays or whatever, and I'm like looking at them different. And their hair starts to grow out. I'm like, yeah, you're not as cute as I thought you were. And the cycle
3: starts all over again.
2: <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need to understand the logic behind that. <laughs>
3: I, don't, I mean, I think that logic goes both. For I mean, same confidence y'all get when, you, you know, you get your eyebrows laid, you get your, your <laughs> lashes put in. I
2: tried to
0: tell her. Air laid,
3: edges <laughs> laid. Like, it's the same confidence booster.
2: I guess. I mean, it's a drastic transformation, though.
0: Yeah. Lethal, maybe you could speak to this, too. Does someone getting a fresh cut impact, they shooting percentages? Like, if Tatum go get a cut today, is he
1: shooting lights out tomorrow? You got to have a fresh cut on the court, man. Change your whole swag up. You know what I mean? Unless... You just one of those scruff type of players and Vic could tell you, you know, somebody get in the chair feeling some type of way. And as soon as they get the fresh cut, Vic could tell you they get up, their whole, their whole swag changed up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, they, but hey, but look,
3: they had some hey, they had some scruffy uh bubble players for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they did. Some, but oh, you
1: know, man. the NBA, the NBA hired those those barbers. <laughs> yeah, they,
0: they was not trying to trust them at all. Who yeah. had their crazy hair in there? I don't even know.
1: If you had one person, like who's your dream person to like to cut, like, is it like Eddie Murphy, Barack Obama? Ooh, Obama Jim would be Ke- nice. Jim you can Kerry. give Obama a like, nice. Vibe. I, to- I, got, I Actually, I got Obama my
3: dream boy,
1: but he's on my dream board too. I want
3: to cut Jada Kiss for
1: sure. Jadakiss. Oh, yeah. you can make that
3: happen. Boy, you better Kiss's slide my that DM, boy. Jada is my favorite rapper. I'm, I'm a big Jada Kiss fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Kiss fan. Hey, man, sure. you got to take that risk, bro. You got to go to DM
1: today. Hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm going to fly you, cut your head next, but he's going to say, pull up too. Facts. You, I'm telling you, tell them certified hey, but- buckets told
3: you we the we facts. want them uninterrupted. Throw the loop, throw the throw the alley oop, man. I,
1: I didn't see it on your page when I went to study, but I would you ever want to have multiple barbershops, or potentially mm. have a barbershop back home, or or potentially like a barber school back around the ville or something like that, so people can learn your craft and like you know you know you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah,
3: everything is is definitely gonna have its own timing. Right now, where in the middle of building my first school um but it's actually the first barber school in california prison history wow. uh so we're opening uh, a barber school within california prisons right now uh we're in the building phase uh we got approved earlier this year. we've been going through design uh meetings and right now it should be you know up by fall winter time this year yeah but um you know that was that was that was that was big for me um really on the impact side because opening a school on the outside is cool and like people that are willing to go to school they're going to go and get it it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing but I just think uh, you know some of the problems that our communities run in uh, with the cycle of incarceration it's hard to break that sometimes and um I haven't been affected personally like myself like within my family uh with incarceration but I have friends and really really close people to me that have been and uh, I think that you know my empathy for my people in my community is, is, is what's bringing a lot of this change and I've seen too many people that have been so close to, you know, being yeah. something, you know, doing something, doing something big, and and going down this same road, you know, like I, I can't tell you how many times I've checked, you know, my 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 local Facebook, and there's been somebody from my my high school student this year that's getting locked up for life now for, all types of things, and it, it's really sad to see, man. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, maybe just lack of knowing what what's out there, uh, coming from a very small town mentality, and and knowing what's possible, and then not having enough resources to do so. So I feel like I've been put in a position to provide resources. And, you know, they say you give a man a fish for the day, but you teach him how to fish, Mm -hmm. he'll eat forever. And um, these guys get out of, they get out of incarceration and they go right back to the same community that they hurt before. And they never go back changed. Prison isn't built nowadays to rehabilitate people. They just lock them away and think that that's going to change social problems. But um, it just creates more of them. you know, to really have change, you got to rehabilitate these guys and, and give them something to come back and, and lean on and, and rely on. So giving them a tool on the inside, I hope that they can come back out to these communities and really become mentors and pillars of their community the same way yeah. that I was affected by my barbers. And I'm excited that we're, we're putting that up for my first school. I never imagined my first school would be in a prison, but I'm grateful to say that it is now.
2: That's such a powerful thing, too, because I mean, especially when you think about the different ages that go into the prison system, especially the young kids who have went in there and, and they didn't really have time to figure out who they are and what skills that they were good at and things like that, giving them something that they can harness and and grow in and get better at so that when they do get back into the real world, they have a skill and they have something to look forward to. It's such an important thing. And, you know, I'm a big um, advocate for prison reform. So that's actually really incredible. And we need more programs like that, especially with incarceration rates just astronomical. And, you know, a lot of people going in for crimes they shouldn't be in in the first place and age groups that shouldn't be in the prison system in the first place having something for them to bounce back into is is so important. I want to ask you about J. Cole. I want to go back to that. He's going to go play in Canada. He's going to go hoop in Canada for a little bit. We saw him hoop overseas. We saw him try to go ahead and, you know, he tried out with a couple of teams in the NBA. I believe the Orlando Magic were one, and I think the Hornets were one. J Cole loves hooping, and he doesn't let anybody tell him that he can't hoop. I think he's pretty nice. Have you ever met J Cole? And what do you think of him as a hooper?
3: Nah, yeah, J Cole. We we have met. Um, that's my guy. Uh, definitely, definitely got a good relationship going, and grateful now. Um, but yeah, he's. I mean, he's a bucket. He's a. He's. A, I mean, he's a bucket. He's definitely I, out of, I think out of all rappers, he's the only one that takes it as serious as, as I've oh. seen anybody take it. So who was playing in real leagues, Um, I wouldn't. I, I, I can't just say that they're going to accept him cause he, just because he a rapper, but yeah, they're really hooping. I'm sure Lethal got some some, some commentary on that. I, kn- <laughs> I know he knows he's certified, but it yeah, is my guy. Lethal, man. He, you, he, you
2: have a lot of admiration for J. Cole's dedication to the craft <laughs> of, of basketball.
1: Yeah, he's good. I mean, but I just like that he's bringing awareness to certain leagues that normally wouldn't get the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of course, he's not going to go out there and score 20, 30 points. He's just going out there because of the love of his game and who he is they're going to give him a roster spot but most importantly uh what he did for Africa just bringing yeah. more attention to over there was 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 huge you know i mean of course uh real uh, the trainers and nba guys know and people who do it professionally know he he isn't equipped to be a, a, on a court with those type of players but those type of players do need that type of awareness to show that there are basketball players all around the world and what they're doing in canada as well cuz i played in canada for 3 seasons as well and um what he's doing for a league of that nature, um, it's priceless. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, for sure. For, for him to go on that court, the guys, of course, respectfully, they're better than him, but I know why he's doing this. He's trying to bring more awareness to people that's trying to make it like what Vic was saying. He's, he's like what Vic does for the homeless. That's what J Cole is trying to do to certain leagues to bring awareness. So guys can have an inspiration to continue to keep yeah. going. So that was, I respect Wait, so-
2: so, Vic, are you a Hornets fan? I know you got Facts. ties to the, the Hawks because of Trey Young. You a Hawks fan? Uh-oh, uh-oh. I know you uh-oh. have Denison Junior. He By was also with clients. the Knicks at one point. Are you a Knicks fan? What what mm. team has your allegiance?
3: Uh, my all right, So my actual team is the Celtics. My dad's okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah my my dad from my dad from Boston. So I grew mm. up all Boston sports uh, fans and. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in North Carolina, but I was never really, you know, I was always a Celtics Dang. fan. And I got so many friends that play in the league. Now, I'm just, you know, wherever, wherever my, my guys is at, I'm I'm with it. You know, I support everybody. So, but Celtics is the home team.
2: So are you rooting for the Celtics to go all the way and win the chip? Or? Yeah, it has to Yeah, be.
3: of course.
2: Wow.
0: Oh, that's painful. Hate to see it. That'll Hate to see that. You know, I'm <laughs> from New York. Ash is from New York as well. And she lives in Miami now. So, number one, any anything that has to do with Boston for a New Yorker is just bad all around number two ash is a diehard heat fan now so. i'm not
1: a diehard <laughs> oh heat my God. fan she, now i'm she's a, heat a di- supporter the game okay. the, ga- <laughs> the, the game d- started <laughs> five
0: Chris, there, however, one. You wanna, however you want to however you want to frame it vic before I mean, we let hello, you go
2: miami boston <laughs> like come on no shade
0: <laughs> vic before we let you go um just plug anything you got coming up you know what i'm saying anything that we didn't ask you about that you might want to let us know you got coming on in the pipeline and um, yeah, I mean, I talk about the other series. You think the Warriors gonna handle the Mavericks tonight? What's
3: your, what's your expectations for the NBA Finals? I mean, I think they're gonna close it out. I hope to see Warriors and Celtics uh, mm. in the finals. Uh, I wanted to see Mavs. I got my, my brother Doe, Dorian Finney Smith. Man, shout mm-hmm. out to Dodo, but mm-hmm. man, he a dog. But I wanted I want to see them boys go all the way. So, but I mean, I hope man, maybe they go to Game Seven. But they ain't looking like it. <laughs> <you know?
1: laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. Ain't looking like it, but.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, more than that, I ain't really got, you know, much to plug. Um, obviously, we talked about the prison program that we opened yeah. in, in, in mm-hmm. California State Prisons this year. Uh, more than anything, I just wanted to say to anybody that might be watching that's young or or chasing their dreams as well, the building their platform, I just want to show more people, man, to build and, and show so that you could be as big as you want with whatever you love. You you don't got to just be a, be a hoop or, 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 or a rapper to make it. Uh, for me to be a barber, I just found something that I love that was authentic to me and found a way to connect it to my people. And, you know, I just want people to see that. And I hope they can see that aside from any cut that I could do, any celebrity yeah. athlete that I could cut. I just want them to see that I found something that I love and I, and I put I put my heart out fresh for it. And, and I hope I hope people can feel that for sure. That, that's, that's all I wanted to say.
1: You're doing a good yeah. job, brother. Keep love it going. Sure, I think
0: man. that's a message that everybody can learn from, no matter what background they have, no matter what right. it is they're trying to do. So. Appreciate you, Vic, for hopping on the pod, man. Thank you again for pulling up the certified buckets, man. Appreciate you. And um, yeah, man, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, you. I brother. appreciate y'all. Ashley, Vic blends sounds like Tyler Hero. Does
2: he not sound like Tyler Hero to you? I wouldn't know. I
0: don't have conversations with the man. That's You've not. You heard.
2: You heard Tyler Hero I've speak post heard in I've posting. heard him.
0: I've heard him speak post game. But that's the oh first Oh my god! Of, I, I wish you could literally
2: the... pull up an audio of Tyler Hero's voice right now. I'm telling you, they sound not identical, but pretty damn close. Like, do
0: they look identical as no, well? No, no, no. they don't look identical. But if I don't... close
2: <laughs> my eyes and just heard Vic speak without any, like, idea of who he was, I'd be like, Tyler, is that you? Tyler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, that wrapped up our interview. Let's kick it to Lethal for Certified Bucket of the Week.
1: Well, you guys know what it is, Certified Bucket of the Week. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say. Money doesn't grow on trees, but it does grow when you get buckets. And that's a fact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're giving out Monopoly money when you get buckets.
0: Who's writing these bars now? (laughs) There's been a sharp shift in quality of these... Of these uh right. certified buckets. I don't know who's writing them.
2: Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket
1: of the week. I'm gonna have to go with uh Andrew Wiggins. Um he had twenty seven points last game. Mm. Um he did a monstar dunk Yo. O- over a superstar. That RIP Luca. Yeah, that, that dunk was that dunk was monstar ish and yeah. And, and and Andrew is starting to show us who we knew he was and who who when he was being drafted who he can be, but can he continue to do this until he retires? He has these moments that he plays good for a year or he plays good for a few games or he shows that if he can finish out his NBA career doing this, there's not many people in the NBA that can do this. Like the way that his vertical leap is the way his ability to take off the way his ability to play defense, the way his ability, when he's, um, compact with his jump shot, the knockdown, the mid range jump shot, his ability to get to the basket, mid range jump shot. I'm not trying to say he is that, but, He's a complete player, you know what I mean, if he continues to play like that. So shout out to Andrew Wiggins. That's one of my guys. I'm not – I don't train him, but I'm saying he's one of my guys. I know him and his his manager, and I'm just happy to see him win.
0: Lethal, you know this is why environment is so important. You know what I'm saying? Like what happens if Andrew Wiggins doesn't get drafted by – Minnesota. He gets drafted by San Antonio, yeah. right? Kind of like what the what the other side of what if with Kawhi Leonard? What if the Spurs don't trade for Kawhi Leonard? What if he yeah. ends up staying in Indiana, right? What if yeah. that happens? So, it, it's just amazing to see Wiggins. I think he will continue to play this well because he's in a system, in an organization that's going to promote his growth. So And, you know, kind of related, my certified bucket is Steph Curry. 31 mm. points, 10 to 20 from the field. 5 of 10. I mean, that shot, I sent you the, the video when he had, when he called for the isolation against Dorian mm-hmm. Finney-Smith. Act like he's about to blow by him, just hit that sidestep step three from the Crazy. hash mark, I mean, just the the, the level of he, he messed his head up. He, I'm thinking the whole time, I right, step's gonna try to blow by this man. Whole time, he knew exactly where he wanted to go, he wanted mm-hmm. that side step three from the hash mark. So, shout out to Steph 31 points, 11 assists, moving the ball around, five or ten from deep. That's my certified bucket. Warriors in four. See you in the NBA Finals.
2: I gotta go ahead and give it to my guy, Bam, out of bio. I know he oh. didn't have the greatest game on game, in Bam. game four, but. Game 3 31 points 10 rebounds 6 assists. I mean, if you look at the touches he had in the games since beginning of this since the beginning of the series, game 1 39, game 2 36, game 3 82 Sheesh. drastic jump. Um just going to say this, I think that Bam Adebayo is an incredible basketball player. Absolutely. I think that he is a bonafide star and is only going to get better. I think that he is one of the top defenders in the NBA and he has the potential to be just an all around threat. Gotta get more confidence in his shot outside of the paint. Gotta develop that mid-range I'm lethal. Ready. Ash, Let the, I'm ready. You ready? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna connect yeah, y'all. Lethal. I got I'm it. Bad. I'm, I'm connect yeah, sure. hey, gonna connect sure y'all. Make sure you run her.
0: Make sure you run up eight percent too. <laughs> 8% that. I don't 8% need, percent I don't need, that's a lot. Treat. That's a lot. I, right, I, need, I, need a check. I just need
2: I just need a championship for my guy. That's all. I'll take the check there. You got right, You will get the check. Listen, you just gotta remember who you are and what got you there as a player and harness that energy and tap. Into that energy always and i think that um i think the miami heat even if they don't win the championship this year we have mm-hmm. not seen the last of bam out in the Absolutely. conference finals or the finals so that Boy, that's wow. that's where i'm gonna go ahead and leave that to be continued but guys that does it for this episode of certified buckets we officially wrapped fellas how are you feeling
0: Feel I'm great. good. I'm, I'm 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 ready to see your downfall when the Celtics <laughs> win game
1: game five and six. And I'm ready to make, get they, that tomahawk to steak because I know the Shit. I know I'm the for about to be I'm ready for you to, have oh, to Oh,
0: it's tomahawk steak. steak. You said dinner. I'm taking you to Chipotle, brother. <laughs> You ain't, we, you ain't getting no tomahawk steak. Oh, right, Chipotle, Chipotle, oh, yeah, Chipotle, you can get the steak bowl. You get the steak my burrito. Bad. My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, nah, we a, ain't going to Chipotle. we going somewhere nice, brother. I got on a you.
2: serious note, before we go ahead and end the podcast, we do have some breaking news that I, I want to send oh. my condolences for. Um, oh. The governor of Texas confirms that 14 children and one teacher were killed in a mass shooting at an elementary oh, school man, this man. afternoon. Um, you know, I feel like we're always having these conversations uh, about mass shootings. I feel like we just had one. We did just have one regarding the shooting in Buffalo, in in, in the black community, um, that's out there. Now we're dealing with children and it's just heartbreaking. And regardless of where you stand in, you know, the political space, I think we can all agree that sending your kids to school should be a safe haven and they and they should come back home exactly the way that you sent them maybe a little a little mad at the extra homework or mm-hmm. you know a little happy from the sugar rush at a cupcake party at school but they should always come back home so my yeah. deepest condolences are with the families affected the community affected um it's just it's terrible news when you yeah. hear that so
0: you know i just want to urge everyone who's listening to this just to like not give up in speaking out and using your platforms because i know at times it could become numbing because it's just like every week it's somebody else or somebody or another set of people or or some other shooting or some type of police brutality and it could feel like our, our words fall on deaf ears but they don't you know we just have to keep using our words and our platforms as much as we can and hopefully something changes i know i for one i'm getting tired of just seeing senseless killings of people of color on a on a routine basis it feels like but that's the world we live in. We got to find a way to, to push on and we got to find a way to empower people that look like us. So keep using your voices and uh, keep using your platforms.
2: Absolutely. Lethal, any, any thoughts on that? I know you're a father.
1: What I want to say, I, I, I can't really say. It's just, I can't really say on here. You know, I just feel like it, We, we you know, yeah. it just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, bro.
0: Yeah. It's-
2: well, we always have basketball to go ahead and distract us from the real world, but real the real world, world definitely reality. needs a lot of a lot of things about it need to be corrected but we thank you guys so much for joining the podcast today to talk about the good and unfortunately the bad as well please do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button rate five stars and drop a review if you're listening on apple shoot your shot on social media at certified buckets no vowels in the word buckets and we're on all social media platforms we want to hear from you, and if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on the next show. Until next week, and my predictions once again remain victorious, or <laughs> you know they don't. We shall see. You know my 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 title is on the line right now. I'm very Heat nervous. Feet on about the ropes. That. Ash on the ropes. <laughs> I'm, I'm on, on the ropes. Astrodamus is on the ropes. Love to see it. We will see where I stand next week. Until then, I am out. We are out. Peace.
0: Peace. Love and Celtics in six.